Welcome to a new episode of DBC DNA, a podcast of Denver Baptist Church. We're so glad that you're watching us. I'm really excited uh, to have with me in our studio today one of my best friends, uh, Pastor Donald Klein, pastor at Mount Anderson Baptist Church right up the road. And uh, we spend a lot of time together, Donald. We talk all the time. We've eaten quite a bit. Right. I, you've had me preach in your church a time or two, which is kind of risky. It is risky. Yes, <laughs> yes. And uh, But man, thanks for joining me here in the studio to uh, talk about something I know is near and dear to your heart that I really want our people to hear about, and that is the Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we know right now in the world that there's this war, Russia and Ukraine. You have... Um, you go to the Ukraine all the time. I mean, as a, as a mission partner, you're over there. How many times have you been to the Ukraine? Uh, I think 25 times. I'm not sure. I've lost uh, count, but uh, I'd have to go back and, and document that. But I think 25 times. So so what, what, what's what been your involvement over there as far as mission trip? What have you been doing? Uh, it has varied. Uh, originally, most of our trips were kind of evangelistically uh, oriented because uh, it was right after the communism fell uh, when they declared independence uh, from the Soviet Union. And so a lot of the earlier trips were more evangelistic. We were responsible for or helped with planning a couple churches over there, getting some churches started. And then we've also taken teams to do like uh, vacation Bible school type camps. Uh, we've taken teams to do construction, to uh, work on uh small church buildings uh and so that's kind of been our involvement so if you're going over there 25 times you've gotten Mm -hmm. to know the place pretty well Mm -hmm. one of the things we were talking about um i think maybe this week or last week is that here you are watching this uh war fold out i mean you can see everything unfold Mm -hmm. you can see all this stuff on the news and you're sitting there going i've been there i know where that building is i know where that square is i've been to that city and so it's really personal to you, what you're, what you're seeing. We have people in our church that are from the Ukraine. We have a, a family visiting. She was born in Kiev, and so we have Ukrainians here. Mm-hmm. But your perspective as an American, being over there and working with the church, you you recognize a lot of those things. So it, it, tell us what what actually is happening. I don't I don't know that a lot of people are really aware what's going on over there. What's happened between Russia and the Ukraine? The best that you understand it. Well, obviously, uh, Ukraine was a part of the former Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union uh, broke up back in the 90s, and Ukraine uh, declared their independence. Uh, And, of course, uh, there were agreements signed um, at at that point in time. Uh, They gave up all their nuclear weapons because a lot of people don't realize that uh, uh, Ukraine had the third most number of nuclear weapons in the world behind the United States and the Soviet Union at that time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they signed over their nukes uh, to, to Russia, and there was an agreement that uh, if they would do that, then both Russia and the United States would recognize their borders and them as a nation. As a free state. As a free state, yeah. yes, to determine their own uh, <clears throat> destiny concerning government and, and whatever took place. Uh, of course, uh, with the rise of uh, Vladimir Putin being the president now and over the years, and he it's determined in the Ukrainian terms. Some of the guys that I've talked about, uh, talked with, they've said that uh, you know you got to understand his imperialistic mind. He he really wants to restore the old Soviet Union and uh, Ukraine, according to his uh, version of history, is uh, very integral in that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, they would claim that uh, Kiev or Kiev is kind of the the center or the birthplace of the Russian 
people. And so uh, that to him is a very important uh, thing. And then, of course, with all the political uh, things uh, and uh, the way he looks at things is that NATO since then has moved closer and closer uh, to Russia. And Ukraine is one of those uh, countries that uh, he's kind of drawn a line, uh, never has wanted them to be a part of NATO. And the more that they moved towards the West and being wanting to be a part of NATO, then the more uh, belligerent he has become. Uh, they invaded in 2014. Uh, they went into the eastern parts of uh, Ukraine, which they've done in uh, Moldova, and they've also done in the Republic of Georgia as well. And so uh, it's just kind of escalated as uh, they move more and more towards uh, NATO membership or just a desire to be in NATO. And I think that uh, that's really what's, uh, from his point of view, is what's precipitated uh, what he's done. Yeah, so it sounds like a couple things. One is mm -hmm. the political climate. But exactly. Then I had no idea that they consider Kiev like the birthplace yeah, yeah. of mm -hmm. Russia. Mm -hmm. So he wants to reclaim. It's mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. an important part of Russian history that he wants mm -hmm. to make part of his legacy. Exactly. Reclaiming that. Wow. Mm -hmm. And there's a religious aspect to that, too. Uh -huh. uh, the Russian Orthodox Church uh, and the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, they kind of have split. And so he kind of plays that side of it, too, of culture and religion uh, to bring uh, Ukraine back under the Russian Orthodox uh, sphere of influence as well. So Whoa. that's another aspect of it. Yes. So I didn't know that. Now, I, I do want to talk to you about the religious climate. I mean, I've seen the pictures mm -hmm. of uh, Ukrainians praying. Mm -hmm. On their knees in the square, exactly. praying. I think we've all seen those mm -hmm. pictures, and uh, and you've been going over there to minister alongside brothers and sisters. You've gotten to know a lot of believers over there. Yes. What, what's the religious climate? And I would say maybe the evangelical climate over there, mm -hmm. like. Uh, they are uh, very open to the gospel. Um, there are a lot of churches that uh, are very evangel uh, evangelistic. Uh, that um, they're, they're reaching out and able to do some, a lot of the newer churches or the uh, that are, have been kind of founded since the fall, uh, and so uh, the evangelistic climate is very, uh, I think, very healthy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think they're probably out of all the Eastern European countries. They send more missionaries from Ukraine to other places. So it's kind of like right? the, yeah, it's kind of like the uh, sending point, a mission uh, hub. It is a mission hub, wow. and uh, yeah, and so uh, it's very, uh, very uh, easy now to do evangelism. I mean, you don't you don't run into any kind of government uh, opposition. Sometimes you may get a little opposition from the. Uh, Ukrainian Orthodox, but not as much as... as so when they establish themselves as a free state, put their mm -hmm. government together, mm -hmm. religious freedom obviously was a part of that, and mm -hmm. so the church has flourished, mm -hmm. uh, the evangelical church, church is being planted, um, and over the last couple of decades, getting strong enough to send missionaries out. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's pretty stunning. It is, it is pretty stunning, and, and you know, it didn't happen overnight, but it's right. kind of evolved over the years that there's been more and more freedoms, and uh, it's, just, uh, it's, it's just a blessing to, to be around uh, those pastors and churches. Most of the churches that I have worked in have been smaller churches in, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, smaller villages and, and some in, some in some cities as well. Kharkiv, mm -hmm. which has been in the news the last couple of days, I've been there, yeah. and uh, uh, just— uh, there has been someone praying. You've probably seen the picture of those praying in the square, and that's in Kharkiv. It's right uh, down from where that government building was uh, bombed the other day. There have been people praying every morning there uh, without fail, rain, snow, cold, whatever, since 2014. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's Christians gathered there, and I had the privilege of praying with them a couple of times. So yeah. uh, that was, uh, yeah. yeah. So you've got these uh, bonds, relationships you've made mm-hmm. through the years. I mean, mm-hmm. you go 25 times. I mean, it's kind of like. Exactly. I mean, they're they're in your heart. Yes. What And they're texting you. Yes. You're getting texts. You're mm-hmm. getting messages every mm-hmm. day yes. from believers. What are they telling you? Uh, they are just asking for prayer. Um, they're, they're, of course, they're giving me reports. It depends upon uh, where they're at. I have friends right now that are in Kiev, and they're pretty much stranded, uh, pretty pretty scared um, that um, you know of what's going to happen to them because uh, they don't feel like they can get out at this point in time. And so those situations, and in Kharkov and uh, Poltava, which is another big city, uh, there there's a lot of fear. Uh, that is uh, that's going on, obviously. And then others, it, it's interesting because some who have had to flee from their homes, uh, they are uh, in the western part of Ukraine, and uh, they are just uh, uh, finding a place to stay, families, some some of them uh, that uh, I stay in contact with. Uh, so a couple, one family was in the car with their two kids for like three days, mm-hmm. uh, just nowhere to stay, trying to find a place to stay, uh, two small kids, uh, but the, the, the interesting thing and the blessing, uh, the in- inspiration really for us is to think about uh, while they're doing that, they're still trying to minister to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys, uh, he was telling me, uh, he, he, one day he was in a, in a shelter type place, might have been a church or I don't, I'm not sure what the building was, but there was maybe 20 or 30 people there. And by the next day, he had already gathered them together. Mm-hmm. They'd had a worship service, and they were sharing the gospel, doing stuff with their kids and teaching them. And so it's, that part of it has just really been an encouragement. Yeah, so they're, they're not uh, – I mean, they're, they're afraid. Yes. They trust the Lord, yes. but they mm-hmm. also see opportunities to minister. Absolutely. To others. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I'm, I'm looking up a photo. I, took, I saved a photo uh, from a uh, – a pastor in the Ukraine, if I can find it, I don't know if I can find it. I don't know if I saved it or not, but it was basically what he was saying is that he had stayed up all night long um, because of the bombing. Mm-hmm. It was a Saturday night, mm-hmm. but his sermon was ready. And Lord willing, if there was a church building standing the next exactly. day, they were going to gather and he was going to preach the gospel. Right. And I thought, man, and you know what that happened on when I, when I saw that message, it happened to be a Sunday morning here, and it was raining. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, and I know we talk about this, how many, how many American Christians would wake up and see raindrops falling mm-hmm. and say, well, this might be a good day not to go to church. I'll just watch it online. But across the world, our brothers and sisters wake up, they see bombs falling, mm-hmm. and they say, if the building's there, we're going to gather, and we're going to worship exactly. Jesus. That's, that's, that's convicting. It is very convicting. It's very, very convicting. Um, so one of the things that's it's hard, you know, we're watching history play out, mm-hmm. and uh, we're seeing a war. It's just, I, I can't, we're watching cities be bombed, technology, the Internet, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of this stuff. You're like you're watching this play out in real time. Mm-hmm. And if you just go on Twitter, for example, it's going to have, this news tab and you can see right live you can see what's happening in the ukraine right Mm -hmm. now which is mind-blowing to me so the the opportunity to get news about this is just available 24 7 
But I wanted to mention that you uh, used Twitter to also share something that's uh-huh. going on in the Ukraine. When you were tell us when you were there in December, tell us what happened and what you videoed, and then what happened. You put it online. Okay, uh, so I was in uh, Ukraine in December, and we were uh, just visiting different churches, and most of them were smaller churches, just trying to was encourage. There a in December, there was the the um, the. Forces were gathered. I think they were maybe estimating 100 or 120,000 were on the borders then. And so that was, uh, you know, that was in their thoughts and, and things when we were over there. And uh, so we were visiting um, different churches, and uh, I, I'm not sure what night it was, maybe a Sunday night. I think it was a Sunday night uh, that we were in this little house church. And uh, we we went, and of course they always offer you uh, tea and cookies and and uh, sometimes borscht. Uh, but uh, there was a group gathered there, and they were going to sing. They were just kind of singing, and uh, they sang in Russian uh, the song "He Will Hold Me Fast," which, which is a great song. It's a great song, yeah. and uh, and so I videoed that in December. I uh, just took a short clip of it, and the other night, uh, Wednesday night, I was watching. Uh, the news whenever the the bombing started and the missile strikes and i was just sitting there watching that and that vid the thought of that video came to my mind and i thought you know i'm I'm gonna post this i don't post a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and uh and so i'm gonna i'm gonna post this because it's just kind of hit home with me and uh and so i did and uh it has really uh went uh all over the place it's gone around the world it has gone around the world and uh, my wife went to bed that night and i said man this is crazy says there's like a thousand people have viewed this and as of right now, last time I looked, it was almost 450,000 people on Twitter had actually viewed that have, video. I have seen that video clip of mm-hmm. these believers mm-hmm. in a house church with mm-hmm. Russian forces on the border mm-hmm. singing, He Will Hold Me Fast. Exactly. That's, that's just it's, uh, that's yeah. something, mm-hmm. you know. And it's true. It is true. It is true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, you don't realize how true that is mm-hmm. until you're in a situation like war and disaster and trouble mm-hmm. and uh well i know that your heart has been so heavy it has been over the last couple of weeks because you're you're like you've planted yourself and you're like a missionary to the ukraine even though you're a, a pastor here in the states what's the best way for the american church to respond for our for brothers and sisters here mm-hmm. to respond to what's going on there I think, uh, obviously, I think the most important thing is to pray mm-hmm. uh, and to pray. And if there's any way possible uh, by social media or, or whatever, uh, to let them know that we're praying. Uh, it's just very encouraging to them. Uh, you know, sometimes in the messages I get, you it's different times, different guys, you know, there may be some desperation. You hear things like, nobody's helping us. But then the next time it's like, yes, we're glad that you're praying. We're glad that you're standing with us. We, we appreciate you standing with us. And so, uh, so prayer, obviously, is a very, very important thing. Uh, pray uh, for um, those who are in 
direct danger. Um, yeah, I have friends in Kiev that I'm very concerned about, uh, and so and and also churches in Kharkiv that's uh, in, a, in a bad in a bad place. Uh, but also uh, pray for those who have been displaced. And uh, literally, last I looked, there was 500,000 that had left the country. That's not counting the ones that have stayed in the country that are just in homes and people taking them in, which is another thing. The Ukrainian people are so loving, so uh, hospitable. And uh, so we pray for those folks and those who are trying to minister. There's great opportunities uh, for people. They're they're more attentive and more willing to hear the gospel as well. So uh, that would be their prayer. I told my church the, the other morning, uh, I I said, I want you, I want to talk about them, but what they would say, don't tell them about us, but tell them about Jesus. Yeah. And so that kind of sums up their, their heart. Now we are, uh, we're a part of the Southern Baptist convention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we are in North Carolina. So we're part of the North Carolina mm-hmm. state mm-hmm. convention and they have ways that you mm-hmm. can actually physically help yes. with uh, making donations mm-hmm. that allow some of our missionaries on the ground near the Ukraine mm-hmm. to get food, uh, basic human needs met, like mm-hmm. uh, toiletries, things like that, that especially for those Ukrainians coming across their border into exactly. another nation, right. That we have folks there that are positioned to minister and to help, mm-hmm. and you can give to that cause. You can go on the uh, websites, either of the International Mission Board or the North Carolina Baptist State Convention, mm-hmm. and they have ways mm-hmm. of prayer guides, mm-hmm. um, and they have ways that you can give to mm-hmm. help help their cause to support mm-hmm. them. So, well, listen, I, I told you this the other day, and I mean this. Um, first of all, man, thank you for planting your heart over there and investing such a huge amount of your time in the Ukrainian people. Um, it's inspiring in a lot of ways. And I, the second thing is I want to tell you is that uh, I, I want to go with you next time. All right. All right. You got to take me with you. You got to you just gotta sh- grab me and say, you're going with me because I, right. I want to go and I want to see these brothers and sisters and I, and I want to be a part of it. So, uh, but thank you, Don. Thank you for being such a good pastor and leading your church well. And uh, helping them have a view for the nations. Of course, we at Denver Baptist, it's, we, we, want our, we want our arms around each other in the world, our brothers and sisters support them. It's been very helpful. And uh, thanks for sharing about the Ukraine today. And um, if you uh, have questions or whatever, you can send us an email at the church and, uh, and let us know, if, especially if you want to help and uh, if we can help you figure out how to help. Thank you again, Donald. Thank you for being with us, and uh, thanks for watching another episode of DBC DNA. And as always, thank you to Justin for making it all happen. We'll see you next time.